Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 5. <clears throat> Peter was completely changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he had denied Christ. He had wavered and, um, and so many times had failed. And yet when the Spirit of God came upon Peter's life, both he and the other apostles as well were changed in a very remarkable way. Matter of fact, um, when Peter and John were taken and, and beaten and put in prison overnight and then brought before the Sanhedrin and they spoke with great boldness, said we ought to obey God rather than men. And the Bible says that the Sanhedrin took note of these men, that they were unschooled and ordinary men, but that they had been with Jesus. Um, I believe that, that God's presence in our life makes a huge difference. Uh, and we need the Holy Spirit of God in our lives to help us live the Christian life and to um, even to have trust in God, to, to worship God, to hear from Him. Every facet of the Christian life is dependent upon our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, God in this chapter of Scripture uh, kind of shifts attention. He's still talking a little bit about uh, circumcision, uncircumcision, and uh, faith versus works and all of that. But now he's kind of shifted gears to, okay, if we're not saved by fulfilling the law, how do we live a righteous life? And he's going to answer that question. The question is answered by the fact that we have the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, if you think about it this way, which is better, to have a written law or to have the person who wrote the law to tell you exactly what to do? Um, you know, uh, Robert's Rules of Orders a lot, a lot of times is used in, in uh, business meetings and organizations and so forth. Sometimes they'll have a parliamentarian on hand uh, if there's a question about how to apply the, the rules of order that are there, the parliamentarian who's been trained will give the interpretation because you have a living person who can tell you what to do. That's kind of the idea. The Holy Spirit is our living person who actually wrote the law of God and knows the intent of the law of God. And as he lives in us and through us, we fulfill uh, God's righteousness in a way that the law could only anticipate. Uh, so it's actually a greater righteousness. Uh, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard, but I say unto you. You heard, but I say unto you. He was, he was showing them that now there was going to be a different level of righteousness that God was looking for uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that is what Paul is talking about here. Uh, and he's, he's telling us we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to live this life through us. So, um, the title of my message is Relying on the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, look with me uh, at uh, verse 5. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. 
What matters is faith working through love. And by the way, faith and love are two fruits of the Spirit. Verse 7 says, You were running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from the one who called you. A little yeast leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in the Lord that you will not accept any other view, but whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Now, brothers, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. I wish those who are disturbing you might also get themselves castrated. For you were called to be free, brothers, but don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Relying on the Spirit. Why should we rely on the Spirit? Well, first of all, you need to rely on the Spirit because the Spirit sustains us. The Spirit sustains us. If you look at verse 5, he says, For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. So in other words, we're trusting in this hope of righteousness that comes only through the blood of Jesus, and our hope is secure. We are confidently expecting that Christ is going to come. The full benefits of our justification are going to be received, and, and we know that that's going to happen. All the blessings of heaven are coming. We're confident of this, and how are we sustained in this confidence? We're sustained by the Holy Spirit. He is the one who keeps us in the faith as we need to be. Another scripture says Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Have you ever struggled in your faith? Have there ever been times of doubt in your life? I want you to know that the Holy Spirit of God will sustain you in your faith. Uh, he'll sustain you. Uh, you can bring your unbelief, you can bring your doubt to him and say, Lord, here I am. Uh, I'm not trusting you as I should, but fill me with your spirit. Empower me to trust you as you desire. Restore the hope in my heart that I need to have. But he'll sustain you not only in your faith, but he'll sustain you in every circumstance 
of your life. What did Jesus say? I'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus told the disciples, I'm going away, but if I go away, I'm coming again to you. And he's speaking about the Holy Spirit who he was going to send. He says, I'm, listen, I'm not leaving you alone, but I'm sending you the Comforter. So Christ is at the right hand. He sends the Comforter, and he says, the Spirit, the Father, and I are one. Remember what he says, abide in me, and I in you, as I abide in the Father, and the Father in me, and I in you, and, and all of this. Why? Because the, the, the Trinity is one. And when you and I abide in Christ, or when we are filled with the Spirit of God, we are joined together in relationship with Him. And that relationship sustains us. Uh, We can see this in so many different examples. Um, I could share examples from my own life. There have been many times where my future has been uncertain or um, I've been dealing with a trial or maybe somebody who's against me. And God has sustained me and given me grace to go through those times. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've been pray, I've prayed about a problem or something, and I just sense the touch of God in my heart, His comfort in my soul. What a wonderful blessing that is. Um, or you're dealing with a sickness or a, a problem in your family, and God just comes alongside and comfort you in the middle of that trial that you're experiencing. That's his sustaining power. Uh, The Holy Spirit of God is one who is the comforter, and it literally is the paraclete, or paracletos, uh, the the paraclete, the one called to be alongside us. Isn't that a great picture? He walks with us through the circumstances of life. And so... Uh, you can bring him your struggles, your, your problems, your uh, challenges that you're facing. Um, tell him about the, the burdens of your heart. And let that be mixed in with a little bit of thanksgiving. And what does the Bible say? The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. That's the Holy Spirit of God touching your heart. And one of those fruits of his presence is peace. And so uh, he sustains us. Um, I think about Martin Luther. Uh, he, was, he was standing for salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And uh, he had all of these different leaders who were standing there uh, calling on him to recant what he had said. And he said, here I stand. I can do no other. My conscience is held captive to the word of God. And he stood for what was true and what was right. And we are the beneficiaries of that today. Uh, how did he do that? He did that through the power of the Holy Spirit. How, how are those uh, people that are overseas that are being persecuted by ISIS, how are they able to hold on to their faith and even worship God in the midst of persecution? Uh, One reason and one reason only. They have the Holy Spirit of God within them to sustain them through those trials. I want you to know there's nothing that you can face in your life that the Holy Spirit of God can't sustain you through and give you the grace that you need. Um, Paul said, he's he's writing from prison, he says, uh, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, listen, I have the grace I need to live life. If God leaves me here to live as Christ, I'm going to serve Christ. God was giving him grace in his situation. 
to serve Christ. But he says, if, if they kill me, hey, they just promote me to glory. To die is gain. God has given me dying grace as well. Whatever we face, the Holy Spirit of God can sustain us through it. Um, I think of Elijah, uh, one of the, the most, the sweetest pictures of how the Lord cares for us, I think, is where Jesus cooks him a meal. It's called the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. I believe it's the pre-incarnate Christ, the messenger of the Lord. But Jesus comes down and he cooks a meal for Elijah and he says, take your rest. Elijah conks out and sleeps and so forth. Well, when he wakes up, he's cooking him another meal. And then he says, take your rest. He lies down, conks out again. And uh, he says, this journey's too much for you. And then he tells him where to go. But uh, he comes into the middle of his situation and comforts him and encourages him. That's what the Holy Spirit of God does for us. He comes within us. Uh, it may be during a time of worship. We're praising God, maybe singing a song with our, with our radio or something like that, or, um, or maybe singing a song in church, and, and the Spirit of God just touches our heart. Or it might be in the reading of God's Word, and we're drawing near to Him and, and, uh, and seeking to relate to Him, and we're reading the Scripture, and the Holy Spirit of God just applies it to our hearts, and it burns within us. I love what the, the men on the way to Emmaus were saying. They're sitting there talking with Jesus about the Scripture, and they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as He spoke with us? That's the Spirit of God. You see, the Spirit of God takes God's Word and uses it to comfort us and sustain us in our trouble. And so... You need to rely on the Holy Spirit. And when you're down or when you're struggling, uh, take your burdens to Him and say, Lord, I need you. Please grant me what I need. And uh, come alongside me and sustain me. Um, he'll do that. So uh, why should you rely on the Spirit? The Spirit sustains us. Secondly, the Spirit empowers us. The Spirit empowers us. Verse 16 before I read that verse, one of the arguments he's been making is the fact that you can't be saved by the law because all of us break the law, right? <laughs> if you break it, you're guilty, and the law condemns you. It doesn't save you. But he also talks about the flesh. He talks about living according to the flesh. And if you live according to the flesh, what are you going to do? That law that was meant for your good provokes your flesh and it rises up within you to rebel against God's law, you can't live a righteous life in your own strength. You just can't do it. And so God has given us the Holy Spirit, and He is the alternative to trying to live life in our own strength. Hallelujah. Uh, look at verse 16. He says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. The Spirit empowers us. Walk by the Spirit, by His strength, by His power. Let Him live that life through you. Be empowered by Him. How are you empowered by the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, you need to confess your sin. Any sin that you have in your life is a barrier between you and your fellowship with God. And, and, and that relationship with the Holy Spirit... Uh, is where you get your power. 
so confess that sin. Ask God to change your heart if your heart is unchanged uh, so that you can genuinely repent. Um, secondly, ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Um, of course, he is present in the life of every child of God, but uh, as Adrian Rogers says, he may be resident, but is he president? Uh, the filling the of the Holy Spirit uh, means that I am surrendering myself to follow him, okay? And that I am following him in trust. And so ask for that filling, surrender to him and trust him, uh, and, and listen to, to his prompting in your life so that you can be led by him and walk in him. Ask him to empower you. Um, I like what Romans says in Romans 8. He, he quickens us so that, so that we can uh, not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Um, he, that quickening, that, it's kind of like being raised up, being resurrected in a sense because he brings power to us in our weakness. You can ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. Lord, I'm weak, I'm struggling, help. <laughs> uh, and, he, and no matter what situation you find yourself in, if it's temptation, if you are maybe in a witnessing situation and you need wisdom, uh, you can pray, say, Lord, help. Uh, give me power. Give me wisdom. Uh, live through me. Speak through me. Uh, or you can ask God for his power in your relationships. Maybe it's in your, your marriage or with your kids or your grandkids or whatever the case may be. And God, give me help in this, this area. Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me, live through me so that I'm walking in your strength rather than my own. And, and what, this, what this verse says, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. It's literally very, it's the strongest way you can say it in the Greek. Walk by the Spirit, you will surely not carry out the desire of the flesh. So when you're living in the energy and the power of the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. It's an amazing thing. What it does is it, it, it takes that old flesh that, that wants to rebel against the Word of God and it puts it down. The Holy Spirit of God just thrusts it down and stops it from being a problem while you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he empowers us. And, and this is so important because you cannot do anything without the Lord. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, do you want to have godly character? You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Do you want to witness effectively? You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You want to exercise your spiritual gift in an effective way? You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Do you want to have a good attitude and, and uh, be kind in your words to others in, in difficult situations? You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. I, everything that you're called to do in your Christian life, you cannot do without Him. God hasn't called us just to a good life. He's called us to a supernatural life. And so the Holy Spirit of God, as He lives that life through us, empowers us, so that we can do what we otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Um, sometimes you'll see a, a dad with his kid in his lap. I, 
I'm not encouraging this. I was probably against the law for a little kid. To, but uh, you, got your, you got your kid in your lap, and he's got his hands on the steering wheel, right? Well, if you're wise, you probably got your hands on the bottom, right? <laughs> because they don't know how to drive. And so you're, you're guiding that steering wheel, and he thinks he's driving. He's excited. But really, you're driving. That's kind of the idea. The Holy Spirit of God puts us in his lap, so to speak. And as we allow him to live his life through us, he does the driving so that it's effective. Um, ask God to give you wisdom in that and to teach you how to walk in the filling of the Spirit um, and to be sensitive to his leading in your life. Um, regularly keep your keep your life surrendered confess your sin and so forth as we mentioned before so that the spirit can live through you in power so relying on the spirit first of all why should we do it the spirit sustains us secondly he empowers us thirdly he leads us look at verse 18 well first of all back up to verse 17 because verse 17 provides a good context for verse 18 for the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. Okay? Now, here's the ironic thing. As a child of God, you've got an old nature called the flesh. You've got a new nature, and you've got the Holy Spirit who lives within you, and the spirit and your new nature decide, uh, desire the complete opposite of what your flesh desires. You have to choose which one you're going to follow. Now, the Spirit can help you with that choice. You can say, Lord, uh, please quicken me, help me, empower me so that I can make the right choice. But uh, ultimately, you have to make a choice of which you're going to follow. Are you going to follow the flesh? Or are you going to follow the Spirit? This is really important because what happens is if you follow the, the flesh, guess what? You can't do what your new nature wants to do. But if you follow the Spirit, you can't do what your old nature wants you to do. So these two things are opposed to each other, and we do have a choice in the matter. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you get to verse 18, he says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What's he saying there? When you choose to be led by the Spirit and you follow His prompting in your life, what will happen is He will live that life of righteousness through you. You won't need a law because you'll be living out the intent of the law in your life. Um, the flesh will be subdued and the Spirit will be Lord. Um, we choose who we follow, don't we? Uh, I remember when I was in the military, uh, we were told what we're to do, right? You have to march, and you have to, there's all these commands, uh, to the rear, march, or, you know, whatever it is, uh, right face. Uh, that's when you're standing still. But um, anyhow, you, you're given a command, and you follow that command. And if you're marching, you continue to follow that command until another command is given, right? And so everybody is marching together in unison, ideally. <laughs> we had one guy, that he, he, he would just bob up and down. The rest of it was completely out of step. But, but ideally, you all march together, right? 
And um, when the new command is given, you change direction or you, whatever it is that, that it tells you to do. You stop or whatever. Uh, but you're following the command that he's given you until he gives you another command. Uh, everybody's unified in that. Did you know if the church follows the Holy Spirit, all of us will be unified together? If we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Uh, also, you will be in step, and he actually uses that language later on in the chapter. He says, if we, if we have the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Um, this is the language of marching. He said, listen to the Holy Spirit. When he says, change direction, you change direction. When he says, do this, you do it. My dad used to say, son, when I tell you to do something, you say, yes, sir. Uh, if I tell you to jump, you say, yes, sir, on the way up, uh, how high, and <laughs> after you've already jumped. Uh, how high on the way up? Uh, you know, he's kind of messing with me. But um, that is kind of the idea, that we're so in tune with the Holy Spirit that when he speaks, we respond. Um, as we do that, uh, he will help us to have victory and to live the life that God has called us to live. So, aren't you glad he leads us? I mean, he leads us through the word. The, the written word of God is his, his message to us. But he also leads us in the specific application of things in our lives. And I'm so glad that uh, I don't have to worry about trying to figure things out on my own all the time. Have you ever just scratched your head and said, Lord, I don't know what to do with this situation? Aren't you glad that we have somebody who knows better than we do? Um, Philip, when he was supposed to witness to the Ethiopian eunuch, he didn't really know what was going on. God told him he's having a revival in another town, and all these people being saved, all this great stuff was happening. God sends him out to this lonely place and says, okay, I want you to stand right here. Finally, this chariot comes by and says, go stand by the chariot. He goes and stands. Okay, God, I still don't know what's going on, but I'll do it. He hears him reading the book of Isaiah. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? And boy, they get into a conversation before long. The Ethiopian unit has trusted Christ. And he says, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? He says, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you may. And so he baptizes him right there. They have a, a Holy Spirit baptismal service. And they, he dunks him under the water. I believe he... I don't think he sprinkled him. I think he dunked him. He put him all the way under the water. Uh, but uh, uh, what an amazing thing. All Philip had to do was listen. And God used him in a profound way. Um, sometimes the smallest things can make a huge impact. Uh, there's, a, there's a fellow that I, I was talking to uh, about the Lord at a few different times in high school, you know, it wasn't a big deal. I was like maybe a, a minute and a half conversation or two-minute conversation. And I quickly forgot it and didn't think much more about it. But God used it. And uh, at the end of the year, when we had yearbooks, he wrote in my yearbook, thank you for the conversations we've had about God. He's still thinking about it. It's a minute and a half conversation. I, I would have just thought he'd have forgotten about it by then. But apparently God just used that small little thing. Um, have you ever had another believer say something to you at just the right time? 
I believe that's the Holy Spirit of God. If they say that word of encouragement, you hear exactly what you need to hear at just the right time. Or, I've had this happen too. Uh, I used to listen, there were three different preachers I would listen to on the radio. And uh, I'd listen to one right after the other. And I'd be struggling with something and all three of them would preach on it. Go figure. (laughs) Exactly what I needed to hear at exactly the time I needed to hear it. Could it be that somebody is listening to the Holy Spirit? You say, well, that's a coincidence. I don't believe that. I believe that that was God ministering to my need. Um, So listen to the Holy Spirit. Follow his leading. That is the path uh, to victory and accomplishing the purpose of God in your life. So relying on the Spirit, why should you do it? The Spirit sustains us, He empowers us, He leads us, and I love this one, He changes us. He changes us. Look at verse 22. He's he's talked about the works of the flesh, and he, He calls them the works of the flesh. You do that in your own energy. You know, it's like you don't have to train your kids to do the wrong thing when they're little, right? They just come by it naturally. But they do these works. But then he says, the fruit of the Spirit. This is something God produces in us. It's not a work that we do, uh, although it may express itself in works. It's something that God does, and it's the outflow of the Spirit of God in our lives. Look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith or faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now he says in verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit. Literally keep in step with the Spirit, as I mentioned earlier. So we're still making a choice uh, to cooperate with the Spirit, to draw near in relationship on on a regular basis, to have, you know, spend time in God's Word and all of those things. But as we are filled with the Spirit of God, verse 22 says there will be some fruit produced in our lives through His presence in us. From time to time, I come across a person out, you know, maybe in town here or maybe in in Knoxville, and I don't know them. But maybe I, I get into a conversation with them, and I can just see Jesus in them. Have you, have you had that experience? And uh, I've even, I, I remember one time recently, I even asked the person, I said, are you a Christian? <laughs> yes. I said, I could tell. And, uh, you know, what a great thing. What is that? That's the fruit of the Spirit. There's just, there's this sense of God's presence upon somebody's life. And it changes who we are. I want to tell you something. There are some times that, that, that I am not, the kind of person I want to be. But when the Spirit of God is living through me, He produces character in me that is different from the way that I would act without Him. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, He changes us. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That's true of salvation. But it's also true of the Christian life. When I am in Christ, when I am filled with the Spirit of God... I'm changed on a regular daily basis. 
That's why I need to draw near to God every single day. I need, I need to, to, to come and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I, I need to hear from his word. Uh, I want to I uh, draw near to him. Why? Because I want the power of the Holy Spirit of God living through me. I want him producing his fruit through me. And I found that I can blow it pretty easily in a lot of different areas of my life. And praise God, he's given us somebody to walk with us through these things in life. And, and he truly makes a profound difference. He changes us. Um, a caterpillar, I think, is a, not only is a creation of God, but he is an illustration given to us by God. I think God gives us illustrations in creation sometimes. And if you look at a caterpillar and how a caterpillar changes to a butterfly, it truly is a remarkable transformation. And by the way, it makes absolutely no sense with evolution. But that's another question. Anyway, um, the caterpillar looks like a worm, right? I mean, it's kind of nasty. You know, they, um, they just crawl on the ground or crawl on plants and they eat and not too fun to look at. You know, some of them have got a colorful design on them, but not much. It's, they're kind of ugly. But all of a sudden, when he goes into this chrysalis and this transformation takes place, he comes out and he's beautiful. He's got these beautiful wings with these beautiful designs. And now, he doesn't crawl around on the ground. He's flying. He can go wherever he wants to go in the air. And um, it, it, what, a, what an amazing thing. He becomes, instead of something that's kind of an ugly thing that's down there in the grass, he becomes this beautiful spectacle that reveals the glory of God. That's a picture of the difference between us living in our own strength and us living in the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit. When a person is filled by the Spirit of God, they become the fragrance of Christ. Uh, and what a beautiful thing it is to behold. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us our need to rely upon the Holy Spirit. God, we need your help in, in learning and in putting this into practice in our lives more and more. Um, help us to be sensitive to your Spirit. And Lord, we do ask that in our individual lives, in our church, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would have his way in us perfectly and completely. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would change us.